to the Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian from Indianapolis. This is his show. If you don't think it's funny, remember, comedy is subjective. We're downloading the premiere episode of The Showdown. And uh, we... The Showdown! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, thank you. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of WrestleMania, your father's favorite podcast, and your mom hates it. The My Way Podcast with Brad and Corey. Welcome to the sequel machine. The Brad Scott experience. Brad Scott's redemption. Brad Scott live. Subjective comedy starts right now. Do me a favor. If you do, if you guys do want to hit the script course tonight, just be careful. Don't upset. You wouldn't like this. Please. Oh, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because that's that Bruce Banner. Welcome to Subjective Comedy. I'm Brad Scott. This week, I'm joined by Brentley Smith, Rhett Castile, and our delicate flower, Chelsea Snedden. In the first segment, we interview... Up-and-coming comedian from the Indianapolis area, Riot Johnson. She has a very interesting story to tell. We also have a bonus segment after the social media break. It's a top five list chosen by our own delicate flower, Chelsea Snedden. And it's, boy, is it a barn burner of a subject. Top five grocery chains. Yeah, that's right. Today on the show, I am joined by Chelsea Stenton, Rhett Castile, Brittley Smith, and we are honored here at Subjective Comedy to welcome, for first time on the show, Ms. Riot Johnson. Welcome to Subjective Comedy. Thank you for having me. I've been so excited. <laughs> you are a nurse. How long have you been in nursing? I have been in the nursing field, um, CNA, for eight years now. This was first job that I knew was really good with pay, really good with scheduling uh, from being homeless. Yeah. Okay, so back up. So uh, I guess let's start with childhood. What was your childhood like? I was literally a quiet child. Mm -hmm. um, watched TV, ran into walls trying to watch TV. <laughs> um, like, I say it like this because I'm um, the youngest set of two sets of twins. Mm. So I am literally the youngest middle oldest child that my mom has. Wow. Yeah, I'm younger, the youngest of my oldest two sisters. I'm the middle of the youngest older twin and my twin. Wait, you said you're the youngest of your older two sisters? Mm-hmm. They are, they just turned 37. So I'm younger than them, um, but I'm older than my twin, and I'm in the middle between my twin and the youngest oldest twin. 
Did your mom take a DeLorean to the hospital to give birth? Man, <laughs> I don't know what she did in her previous life to get cursed with two sets of twins. All four of us were CNAs. Okay, so wow. Are you so, identical or fraternal? Fraternal. Yeah, no. What? So, what age did you become homeless? I became homeless at the age of twenty-one, going on twenty-two. And what happened? Life and letting penis come in between my feelings. That's what um, she said. Too. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, life. <laughs> but life and being a mother and not having that full um, stability and the pride of asking for help. How long were you homeless? And I say homeless, even though I had places to go. Um, I understand. Was, no, I yeah, understand. 100%. Yeah, it wasn't my home. Um, it was my. Four, about four years? Oh, four, years. four years? Wow. So, because, okay, so I actually spent about 16 months mm -hmm. recently being, what I, I felt the same way, quote unquote, homeless. I'm sure you felt the same way. At times, you don't want to say you're homeless because you almost don't want to insult people who yeah, literally, but, but I've always looked at as I didn't have my own home. I didn't my have a bedroom. House. I didn't have a yes. bed. I didn't, I showered at rest stops and gas station stuff, you know, like I, so I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm aware how easily it could be just to fall in that situation. I couldn't yeah. imagine uh, being... So where were you staying for the majority of the time during that period? Um, my life is crazy. I will say that. The majority of the time I was staying with who is now my child's father. Um, I was staying with him in his home. Um... I ain't gonna go into the backstory of that because uh, then you're gonna ask me more questions and be more curious. You're gonna be uh, too part of it. Well, right, just, just, right. so just started a lot of different. But my aunt's house, um, a little bit of my mom's, and then the rest of it before I really got my own home was in my car. Okay. Yeah, I, I slept a lot in my car during that yeah. period as well. That's yeah. why kind of what I was wondering. Uh, how did you? So then you went from homeless to CNA, correct? Mm hmm. How did you make that transition? Um, I made that transition when I was just like, I can't keep doing retail. I can't mm. keep doing just odd jobs. And like I said, I see my older sisters do it. My family's is full of doctors and nurses. And the money came during tax time. I didn't have a lot that came back, but I literally hustled on it of getting the money and paying for it out of pocket. And this is like when it, I can't imagine how much it is now because it's a lot of free classes, but during that time, it was like almost two bands. Oh. So I literally had to still keep working and then I'm going to the plasma center dying half the time. Right. Um, and I was like probably 120, 130 at the time. So I'm getting like 20 bucks, mm -hmm. but I'm saving that to go you to the You gotta get 175 or above to hit that I big money. I swear to gosh. Um, you think I don't know about CSL, <laughs> Octoplasma, right, BioLife, Griffles? Yes, yes. I've been through all their uh, their first time. By the way, the way they treat those first time donors, it's so goddamn insulting if you're somebody that's been showing up there for a few months. Because they get to go to the front right of the line. line. All those pieces of shit with their speed passes. I swear to gosh, and I've been there for like three hours. Yes. And, oh, man. I think the private insurance got money. I'm banned from all of them. <laughs> You're banned them. from all of them? Yeah, because they, they said I was too sick. I even brought a doctor's note. He said, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, I just stepped over a crackhead who's here, and you, you take I'm it. I'm not. 
say like that, yeah. Yeah, but, they'll be like, sorry, uh, your pulse is a little high. We can't yeah, take we can't plan. take you. Go sit for 15 minutes yeah, or, right. or your iron's low. Right. And it's like, I just ate three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a guy. Like Brent's talking about, my like I can't donate blood anymore or anything like mm -hmm. that because I'm autoimmune and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So they're just like, uh, no, we're better off without you. Yeah, pretty mm -hmm. much. Like th we're donating to right. actually give you guys your medicine. I try to donate, so. but they oh, give I it mean, back. So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what, right? You're welcome, yeah, fellas. Yeah. You're exactly. welcome. I wanted a job to where, like, my heart is in a lot of things, and mm -hmm. I like taking care of people. Sure. Um, and main thing you hear about CNA is oh you're you're cleaning up shit and stuff like that, but it's actually more to it. Like these are you guys do everything. We definitely do everything. Like these are human beings, and these are human beings that's coming from an era that is, you know, that Long era. In the exactly. Sure, old folks home. Where do you hear a lot of? I've got a colored nurse. No, no I've heard of. Well, I'm the only one that can say it here. No, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. I got a nigga nurse. I've heard you black bitch. I've heard all of that. See? Not and it's now crazy. she's the first patient. And I, look right, and you go in these places, and I learned that without CNAs, honestly, right. medical field wouldn't run. No. Nursing homes wouldn't work. Oh, yeah, with those no, fraudulent no. doctors, those cowards that take all the credit, they do do shit but scribble their name. Scribble yeah, so their name guys, and yeah. take the medicine they sell. Yep, they, they, they have you guys do all the actual work, and then they just use your notes and take credit. Yeah. Pretty much. You and know then, the ones we see the whole time. Yeah, and then if anything fails or dealing with the family, we have to take the blunt of that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's more than just changing a patient because they can't take care of themselves. Right. And like I tell people, with a lot of things, if your heart ain't in it, you're going to be out of it quick. So in yeah. CNA, if you're in it for the money, literally, even though I was, hmm. but if your heart's not in it too, yeah. you're going to be kicked out real quick. You're going to lose your life. I was working in long-term care. And long-term care is between rehab patients, patients who are coming in, they're going to eventually go out because hmm. they didn't get better, or people who have been in car accidents, um, literally mowing a line, rock hit them, now they're whole total cares, or just wake up one morning, have a stroke, right. you're in there. Um, I've taken care of people who have drunk themselves to be in there. I've taken care of people who, some of them are literally homeless, and they have to be there yeah. um, because they don't have a place. So Have you ever worked in a memory care unit? I have, and that is one unit I hate to work. My, man, what? Because you're locked in. You're locked in. I've never been to jail, but and I've never been on house arrest. And I've you been get on your ass kicked. That. My ex-girlfriend, she worked on a memory care unit, and uh, like, I especially knew Full Moon. I was like, oh, I don't want. I don't want her coming over because I know she, for one, if she comes over and then we have a loud argument and the police show up, it's they're going to be like, you obviously beat this woman. I'm like, actually, it was, it was the 78-year-old with dementia. Like, honestly, because, um, like, I, and, and some of them are not even in dementia units. They're all oh, okay. regular units. So when right. you go to a nursing home, you can run into one of them people. Yeah. But the memory carriage is really bad if you don't have the mindset of, a lot of these people are stuck in a certain time frame. Yeah. And that is a dangerous place to be stuck in a certain time frame. Right. So when I worked memory care, it was literally, especially on a full moon, 
I'm not I'm not touching you. You don't want to go. You don't want to get changed. Hey, by all means, you're, you have residence rights. We say in CNA field, we don't have any rights, really. Um, but the residents have more rights than we do. So it's like, if you don't want to be changed to memory, memory care or you think I'm someone from your past, I'm not going to touch you. Right. I got elbowed by a patient who wasn't even in memory care. Uh. She was just really combative and really angry. And some of these people used to be school teachers or right. even in church. And they didn't turn to a whole flip side. And one lady actually elbowed me in my pelvic when I was going through a stage of cervical cancer. Oh. And when I say I dropped, it's like, yeah. and you can't hit these people back, but <laughs> I have a joke that says I can't hit you back right now because my license, mm. but when we get to the gates of God, I swear it's on sight. Mm. Like, because I'm going to remember you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that ticket to hell because... You're going to punch I, that ticket. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it back. Don't worry, it, you're not, it's not hell. You go to, uh, as we all know, you you eventually go to the Mushroom Patch where, Brent? Colorado. Colorado, you go to a Mushroom Patch in, in Colorado, and then uh, you become a mushroom, and then you move on to being a tree. Yeah. And that's, that's Well, if I can be a tree in the next life, I swear to God, I would. I really, really would. You but would. You, no, you, well, no, it won't Literally, be, see? No, see, no, you got it. Right, it won't be the next life. You have to become a mushroom first. That's part of the biggest living organism in the world in Colorado. Colorado. And I've been to Colorado. Then you become a tree. Oh, I've been to Colorado. But you don't even know what stage you're on. Black single mom nurse might be the one before. Next one, you might be 78 year old, you know, old white guy beating up single mom black nurse. Look, see, and, and it's crazy because, like, when I have these patients, and some of them are really kind of mainly Caucasians. And when it's the old guy, yeah. it's not like really the woman. If when it's the old white guy, you have to watch to see, make sure you're not getting groped, or mm -hmm. if you're asking him you need anything else. I like one time I had told a patient, I said, "You need anything else?" And he said, um, "No." He had asked me. He was like, "Thank you." He was like, "Do you need anything?" And I was like, "A million dollars." This man looked at me and said, "What you gonna do for it?" Ooh. And I'm like. Half the rest of your body don't even work. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do? But CNA is, like I said, it was a turning point of my life. It really was. It taught me that I'm not afraid to get shot. I'm afraid to get old. Mm -hmm. Like, one Ooh. fall, you're done. Yeah. Like, your hip's gone or you're not getting back yes. up again. And that is the most pivoting moment. It's an eye-opener when you're taking care of these people and you have the heart to, especially the ones that are so kind mm -hmm. and they you feel like you shouldn't be here. But the ones that are like assholes and total care, it's like that's when it's like you kind of, you don't want to think it, right. but you'll walk out the room like, yeah, you, you kind of deserve to. Yeah. I'm curious <sighs> about like in that kind of unit. I mean, it sounds dark, but it's true. Right. I, I heard yeah, yeah, yeah. the, but like literally like. No, Ch that's also just Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> She's our delicate flower. We here at Subjective Comedy are very proud of our delicate flower, Chelsea Snedden, the creator and CEO of Divine Timing Comedy. Woo! Yeah. First production in the books. 
It awesome. was in Brownsburg, Indiana. Cedar Lake, Indiana. People uh, <laughs> so, the show that we haven't even done yet. The, <laughs> the Vegas of Indiana is what they call Cedar Lake. Yeah, the show kind of fell in my lap. My dad is a bassist for a kind of rock Eagles cover band. Um, so he was already booking some gigs. Um, this was kind of my uncle's friend's bar, and they were already booking my dad, and they were kind of like, hey, we're wanting to do something different. Um, we'd love to- Because you were a comic, right? Yeah, my uncle had heard I was just doing open mics, so mm. they were like, hey, let's let's do an event. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess if I'm gonna run something, I might as well like, you know, kind of come together with like a conglomerate, or yeah. it's kind of being confused for like a comedy troupe, but that's kind of the umbrella that I want like Divine Timing Comedy to kind of be. It's like- I like that I'm, name. Thank I you, thank you. I love that name. Did you notice a, uh, with your family being there, did you notice a difference? Yes, yes. I had my family right by the stage and then my friends from high school like in the backpack. So as soon as I could tell that like a crowd was kind of, I was losing the crowd a little, I could kind of call back to my friends in the back. We're talking about like my school principal mm. and then I made fun of my stepmom, which called like the whole audience in the front to like point and laugh at my stepmom. And she's a principal too, isn't she? Yeah. Wow. She's a fucking superintendent now. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Love you, Deb. <laughs> How did you feel afterwards? Great. I mean, just like a whole, like I was nervous about it for like a week leading up, but afterwards it's just like the biggest release, the biggest uh, like dopamine hit that you could ever have. Had <laughs> and then, high the whole night yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that feeling. And it was a sold out show. So standing room only. Awesome. Yeah, you're to bring us chairs. We had to so bring camping chairs. There weren't any chairs for like comics actually sit. So her dad brought camping chairs into this place. For oh, us. that is that's dope. Yeah, we can to cripples, but it was nice yesterday. Right, yeah. <laughs> but just great on the venue. Shout out to Goodfellas for just putting together. They did a ton of the marketing. They mm -hmm. let me come up like a week early, put up posters. And I awesome. think that's what, you know, three-fourths of the room was because of them. So Yeah, they were great. It's social media time. Make sure you follow the show at Subjective Comedy wherever you get your social media or wherever you get your podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow, like, all that good shit. Make sure you follow uh, Brentley Smith at Brentley Smith. Make sure you follow Chelsea Sneddon's new venture, Divine Timing Comedy. You can find her at Divine Timing Comedy for booking. Just stalk Chelsea at Divine Timing Comedy on social media. And you can follow Rhett Castile at Mana Castile. We want to thank our very special guest, Riot Johnson. Make sure you give her a follow at It's About To Be a Underscore Riot. So, so let's go to the uh, last top five. Mythology. Chelsea, what top five are we doing? Top five... Um... <clears throat> Grocery store chains? Grocery stores? I got high for mythology. <laughs> All right. All right, Chelsea, what's your number one grocery chain? <laughs> I'm sure this I'm sure this subject will be vastly interesting. Go ahead. What's number what's your number one grocery chain? Fresh time. <laughs> I really have this planned out. Number two. Trader Joe's. Number three. <laughs> Kroger. Number four. Whole Foods. Number five. 
Number five, grocery chain. Walmart. <laughs> Number four. I hate all of you. Number four. All of you. Red number four. Piggly Wiggly. Just Two Piggly Wiggly back to back, okay? Yeah, you like your list. It's your list. It's your list. Number three. Um, <laughs> PW. Uh, Represent. Wiggly Piggly. What? <laughs> three. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Piggly Wiggly again. <laughs> so, a third time. That's three. A third oh, location. Yeah. A third location. Number two. Uh, Kroger. Kroger. Yes. <laughs> Cutting upset. Yes. All my money would have been on another pivot lately, for to be honest. That's why and your number one. Uh, Oni. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Wasn't uh, sure if it would have been funnier to go back to Piggly Wiggly there. Or, but, okay, Aldi. Yeah, All right. Uh, Aldi. My friend, uh, he... Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Don't need to care about that friend. My number five, grocery store chain. <laughs> Speedway is that a grocery store. <laughs> when you're poor and it's in well walking distance, it is. Yeah. Number four, Kroger. <laughs> number three, Meyer, number two, Target, number one, Walmart. That wasn't funny at all. If you didn't think that was funny, what? You're correct. <laughs> Comedy is subjective. All right, right? If you didn't think this episode was funny, what? I love this episode. Comedy is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs>